Welcome to a special edition of the Fins Up Podcast. Uh, Terry and I are both looking at each other because that's the first time I've heard that and it's just as fucking bad as I was promised. Mate, how have you been? Oh, hold on, it's playing again over here. You keep talking. <laughs> what a start. This is going well, mate. Just watching the NRL retiring players 2020. Alright, let's Absolutely. Um... Mate, what a segue into the grand final, huh? Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> oh. Uh... <laughs> Jeez Louise, you can tell we're rusty. Mate, someone forgot his fucking laptop, so you've thrown me in the deep end here, and I have not lived up to expectations. Let's start Hi. again, Terry. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Mate, it's been too long. How you been? It's almost like we're amateurs again, mate. We're not podcast immortals. <laughs> Seamless. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, good times. <sighs> mate, I miss rugby league. Yeah, I, I miss rugby league as well, mate. But how was your Melbourne Cup day? Uh, it was all right. Just had a little do at work. There were only a couple of people on. Everyone was out getting pissed. Um, didn't pick the winner. Didn't hadn't heard of the winner. So how about yourself? Uh, I, you know, if the winner didn't race, I had the trifecta. Oh, there you go. That sucks. Yeah. Mate, hey, um, every day seems Not like most, a mate. long, long day. Right now, could be, worse. could be a Panthers fan after a grand final. Oh, thank you. I was waiting for you to log in, mate. What did you make of the grand final? The um, where Penrith lost their first game in like a thousand games. Uh, I had a good night. It was uh, obviously it was your birthday, so we had a little shindig at my house. Uh, got you the cake of the man with the really large penis on it. Um, had a good night with everyone. Uh, watched everyone win some money on the punt. And uh, as predicted on Fins Up, we uh, we both said Melbourne were going to win. Certainly did. In terms of the night, it was fantastic. In terms of the game, it wasn't much good until the last 10 to 12 minutes. But um, look, as long as Penrith didn't win, I don't give a fuck if it was 40 nil or 28-27. So, as you said, very good night, very enjoyable. Uh, Richie, with his 600 multis, got up about 599. Uh, quadrupled his um, gross value, too. So he's now yep. worth a billion dollars. Um, yep. Shouted me some beers that night too, so I can't even make fun of him. Nah, uh, and that, that that's really odd for Richie because he normally wouldn't shout if he got bit by a shark. So. <laughs> um, in, in terms of the game itself, though, it, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be twenty-two nil at halftime. I didn't expect it to be, uh, you know, game over at halftime as well. But that start from Melbourne, um, you know, they had to defend. They, they they didn't catch the kickoff. Had to defend and then. Um, keep Penrith at bay. Um, that was it, you know. For, from the first set of six, Melbourne sort of dictated how the night was going to be, and, and it just everything just went everything went for Melbourne. That's it. Now, even though it was twenty-two nil at half time, it could have been twenty-two eighteen. I think I worked yeah. out. I went back and rewatched it. Melbourne defended that well. Anyone else except Melbourne gets blown off the park in that first half. Then it completely turned the other way, and they just went bang, bang, bang. And then Cam Smith scoring, you know, on the bell of half time. Honestly, thought, as I said quite vocally, this is going to be 40, 44 nil. Yeah, the the one thing that Melbourne do really well when they're defending is they give you the illusion that there's space out wide. Uh, they force you to spread it, and then before you know it, they've made the numbers up. Uh, so many times on the night, we thought, you know, that's it. You just got to get it to the winger and. And, and Penrith have got a couple of tries here, but um, 
you know, that, that Melbourne scramble defence that they're, they're so good at. Uh, the inside men doing their job, pushing out wide, reading the play properly. Um, yeah, just uh, keeping Penrith out. And then, uh, you know, people are saying that it's some, some, some controversial cause went Melbourne's way in the first half. Um, I've got a difference of opinion on that. I think uh, the only thing they got wrong was the, the knock-on call. But, um, yeah, look, uh, apart from that, Melbourne, pl- Melbourne played a, a perfect 40 minutes. Agreed. And funny you mentioned the referees because, again, that's all it bloody was for days and days as the referees. I agree with you. I thought the kick-out call was a bit rough on Penrith. But everything else I think they got correct. And you got to think that Sutton sent it up and it came back from the video referee, and they had 30 looks at it. And, I mean, it's not a 50-50 call. I think they got every one of those right. Maybe it was just the atmosphere we were in, and we are having a better night than most people. But, like, it's not like last year where a refereeing decision helped decide. I mean, it's 22 fucking nil, and if Melbourne hadn't had two players sin bin late, it could have been far, far worse. So I don't think the referees played a part other than maybe perhaps one try. But I think it evened up later because there was no fucking way in the world that that Penrith try was a try, even though the greatest lock in the history of rugby league, Isaiah Yeo, put on a fantastic try assist and made mine and Richie's night. It wasn't a try. No. Uh, the, the, the penalty, let's, let's start with the contentious cause, the penalty try. Um, at the time when he went to score, the you know, when it went upstairs... We all said no try. We just thought Seve had, had dropped the ball. Yep. On replay, you can see Tyra May clearly kicked the ball out of his hands. Absolutely. It's penalty try any day of the week. Um, had a little bit of a disagreement with Josh Robbo, who said the referee sent it up as a no try because he said it was a knock-on. Well, he did say it was a knock-on until they saw the kick. The touch judge missed the kick. Mm-hmm. The touch judge is the one who said to the referee that Seve dropped the ball. Um it was that, that, that's a textbook penalty try, and any single day of the week, that's a textbook penalty try. Yeah, look, I I wasn't thinking penalty try. I thought he put it down on his foot and lost it, and then you, Rich, and Jimmy all yelled, "That's penalty!" And then the Billy Slater joke started, and then I watched it. Clear as day, penalty try. You can't kick out. Now the people that are saying Tyra asking what Tyra May could have done in that situation, make the tackle. Yeah, don't fall don't backwards. Give the space, and then kick out. Now look. I know that used to be, you know, in years gone by, that probably got out. You were allowed to kick out a bit more. But it's dangerous. If he kicks the guy's hand, you can do untold of damage. You know, a bit of hyperbole there. But penalty try, no problem with that. Moving on. Yeah. Um, the next one was the uh, the late shot, James Fisher-Harris on uh, Brandon Smith for the penalty goal. How Penrith fans are saying that's not a penalty, I, I've got no idea. It was a late shot penalty. It's been that way for 20 rounds plus. Yep. A high shot for a penalty for the uh, the second penalty goal. I've got no problem with that. It was a it was a penalty goal. It was a high shot. Yes, they, they missed some of Melbourne's high shots in the opening exchanges. But you can't turn around and go, well, he missed this, so why did he give this? They saw the high shot. Yep. It's a penalty. Yep. Decision's correct. Uh, the the Suliasi Vunavalu one was a, a little bit a little bit odd because I don't think there was anything wrong with it. It was just a shit ball from Nathan Cleary. I then saw people from Penrith saying that he deliberately led with the knees when he went to catch that ball and took Crichton out. I don't agree with that at all. I think he he caught the ball and I don't think Crichton was anywhere near it because Vunavalu had enough time to get the ball, fall over, get up and run eighty meters untouched. Oh. There was, there was a once he caught the ball. There was a collision with Crichton, but 
that's just that, that's just a winger having to run and jump and make a play. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that as a, one of those things. I was more the um, try to Mansour that was not given. Oh, yeah, the, the obstruction. Yeah, yeah, I didn't disagree with that either. I thought they got that right. The the first one. The second one, the one they got given was horseshit. I think that was the clanger decision. Because yeah, ran behind two players and kicked the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, in the, in the first half, the uh, the final decision on halftime was the uh, the Apicorosau knocking the ball out of Cameron Smith's hand. Now, if he plays his arm and Smith drops it, it's a knock-on. Unfortunately for Coruscant, he got nothing but ball. Yeah. That's nothing just, but ball. That's, that's the way it is. I don't disagree with that one either. I think yeah, the referees had a good night. Like, there were a few little things we were like, oh, what's he doing there? But nothing game-changing, and you're going to get that in every single game. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. The penalty try was set up a no-try, came back as a try. The Cameron Smith try was set up a no-try, and it came back a try. Now, the referees have called the uh, the eyes of Yoda Brian Toto. They've, they've called that uh, a no-try because it was an obstruction. The, the, Pen- the, the, the Melbourne players have come up and shut it down, and, and Yeo was illegally ran behind his player. So instead of passing the ball out wide because he couldn't, he's kicked the ball. He's taken the, the defensive advantage away. I don't know how the video referee said that there was no Melbourne player interfered with. I guess there was no contact, but it was fucking blatant and illegal. And, and Melbourne had shut that down. Did, he illegally put the ball to Brian Toto. The only thing I can offer in defense of that is that Yeo is such a good footballer that he created space that you couldn't see as a as a not so amazing fan of his. I just that's that's all I can think of, and I, I that's that's a fair call. There's some you know some evidence to back that up. What do you make of the man of the match? For me, this is the first time in three years from memory they've got it right. Yeah, I would have been happy with any of um, Pappenhausen, um, Nelson, Asafa Solomona, or Cameron Smith getting it. Yep. They were the three best players on the, on the field by far. Did you see someone on Twitter that got some traction? They must have said it as a joke. Said that Papenhauser only got it because he knocked that ball back and it was spectacular. Well, what was that? Remember when they clearly went to kick it out and he went for too much off a penalty? Oh, Papenhauser yeah, jumped that, and knocked it yeah, in. That was spectacular though, wasn't it? It was, but so was him running 70 metres relatively untouched from a scrum to score a try. So was his pretty much flawless work as a fullback. And everything good came off him and Smith. Like, Munster, for me, you know, last time he played the grand final, he got Simbin twice and had the worst game of his life. He didn't have the best game of his life, but he, he undid what, he, what had happened last time. But I thought that he was the least dominant half. I thought Hughes played heats better, and I think Smith played better than him, and I think Papenhausen played better than him. So I think they got it spot on. Yeah, as I said, the, the three best players on the field for mine in the first 60 minutes of the game when it was 26-0 and it was game over was Ryan Pappenhausen, Nelson Asafa Solomona and, and Cameron Smith. Um, just just one last thing before I highlight, well, you know, move on from the referees and, and, and we can talk about anything else. I think, I think the majority of the outrage came because it was Melbourne and Cameron Smith getting those calls. Yeah. And I think that's why everyone was pissed off. If it's not Cameron Smith getting that, if it's... You know, another team that everybody, you know, doesn't love to hate, um, you're probably sitting there going, you know, the majority of the people are going, well, well, fair enough. But because it's Melbourne, because it's Cameron Smith, 
because he's seen to be bullying the referees and bullying everyone in the NRL and all his misses got a ring because he played 400 games. I think that's why everyone was up in arms about it. If you look back at that and you watch the game clearly, they, you know, Gerard Sutton had, had no bearing on that game whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. And I think Penrith is just looking for an excuse. But if you're 22-0 down in the grand final at half-time, I don't think mm. you've earned the right. What did you make yes. of the commentary? Oh, Gus Gould's a fucking nightmare. I I, did, I've, I, I haven't watched a Channel 9 game all year. I've, I've been thankful that I've been able to watch it on Fox Sports or listen to the game, listen to, to Dan Ganane and Triple M on the radio when I've had to go and pick my daughter up. Listening to Gus Gould, I was begging for Blocker. Yeah, mate, th- Twitter agrees. Like, I, I wrote for Zero Tackle that... I couldn't care less about the commentary. On the night, I didn't notice it. It's only the next day I went back and rewatched some of it to do to do the reviews that I noticed. When they were 22-0 down, he said Penrith were on top. I thought that was fucking ridiculous horseshit. But other than that, I mean, he offered some good insights into Penrith, but he probably shouldn't have been there, being that he was the head honcho of Penrith for, what, eight of the last nine years or something. I think they made a mistake there. Yeah, look, I, I tend to watch Channel 9 games when I can because my Foxtel goes a minute behind and I like to keep up with Twitter. So I was sort of used to it. But I feel bad for you guys having to hear that troll. Oh, it was... It, literally, it was it was just fucking punishing having to listen to him say Penrith are on top here because they'd had 28 tackles inside Melbourne's 20, but they were down 22 nil. Like... It just didn't make sense. It doesn't. Scoreline score line matters, especially in the grand final. Mate, I, I, I was begging. At halftime, I was literally saying to Richie, I would kill for Blocker and Anasta with a little bit of Mark Gaznier on the side. That's terrible. No one no one should ever feel like that, mate. Ever. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable and terrified <laughs> in my own house. <laughs> That's it. Cameron Smith, that his last game? I hope so. I hope I hope that he finally gets to, to, to close the page on his legacy and go out as the undisputed best player in the game. I would, you know, if he's going to play another year at Melbourne, you know, so be it. Are Melbourne going to be just as good? Yeah, okay. I'd hate for him to be at another club because it just wouldn't feel right. And I know people are saying he should go to the Titans and, you know, give them the sniff of being a powerhouse. But just seeing Cameron Smith in that Titans jersey wouldn't sit right with me. I think, you know, he's 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 won his premiership. He, he's done what not many players get to do. You know, go go out a winner, go out a legend, cement your legacy. That's it. It should be his last game. I think, unless unless he's dead confident that he can win it again with Melbourne, then then I I don't see the benefit for him going to Brisbane because they're a fucking shit show, and. I understand the attraction for him to go and help the Titans understand what it's like to be a winner. But, yeah, fucking figure that out yourself. I think that he originally had planned this to be his last game because the book came out after the grand final. And a lot of players do that as they're retiring. It's a big... A catching is probably the wrong word. But it's a... You know, it's degenerate. Like, oh, he's retired. Here we go. I think... He would have retired if he was going to by now. And I think he might play one more year at Melbourne. There is a rumour going around that Brandon Smith is going to sign for the Titans and that his humongous piss-up is a big goodbye to Melbourne. I don't buy that because that the guys are, you know, he likes to drink, whatever. 
I think they might move Harry Grant on because he was bitching a lot about them. And he said at that Tigers night that if Cam Smith plays on, he won't play at the club next year. Bellamy's not a bloke who's going to let a 19-year-old or 20-year-old who's had a couple of good games for fucking Tigers, he's starred in a shit side, come in and start dictating terms. I think he's going to take Smith over Grant. So I reckon Smith plays on and Grant gets the flick. And what, then then Harry Grant goes to the the Titans or the Tigers, you reckon? I reckon he goes to the Tigers. Uh, I mean the Titans because (laughs) the Tigers... A shit club, and they're going nowhere. And I think the Titans are going up very quickly. And I think they'll make the eight next year. And I think they'll be a far better team going forward. I mean, I mean, if, if Harry Grant goes to that Gold Coast Titans team and they can build that young core of players, then you know it's probably not a bad move. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't, for the life of me, I can't, I can't see Cameron Smith playing at another club. And I honestly hope that he has looked at, you know. The, the legends of the game who have been able to go out a premiership winner and he's just gone, you know what? As good as I am, as good as Bellamy is, as good as this Melbourne team is, we might not do it again. Do you think that... Because next year, it could be another COVID-affected uh, year. It's pretty much confirmed that the Warriors are going to have to stay here no matter what happens from here. Do you think Brisbane... I mean, Melbourne possibly playing out of Central Coast again? Now, hopefully by then, Melbourne's open. So this is a non... The sun, the sun. Coast, yeah, Sunshine Coast, sorry. So this, this may be a complete nothing, but there was a line of thinking earlier when it looked like Melbourne were going to be locked down for 12 months that Smith might stay on, being that he's close to family because they're all based in Brisbane. I think yeah. with Melbourne opening up, I think that's out now. So I think it's more likely he retires than, say, six weeks ago. Yeah. I just have a feeling that he's going to play on for one more year. I mean, I mean, I hope so. He's honestly, he's, he's, he's the best player that I've ever seen play the game. Um... And, you know, obviously with, with these players, you know, you, you have a look at any sport. You know, you don't want Messi and Ronaldo to retire. Um, you never wanted to see Michael Jordan retire. You don't want to see LeBron James retire. But eventually they've got to go. I just, you know, well, people are going to take the piss out of him if he gets knocked out in the prelim next year and then turn around and go, well, he's not the greatest because he didn't go out with the premiership. If his last photo is in Sydney... Getting booed, lifting that trophy up, that's got to be more to him than one more year of, you know, cash that he can get doing anything in rugby league that he wants. Yep, I think the timing's right. And next year's going to be the year that Melbourne are going to go backwards because we've only been saying it for like eight or nine. I mean, yeah, we, we always say that, but <laughs> who, who are they yeah. losing next year? Now it looks like Josh Adokar's not going to go because he can't get a good club. Yeah, look, uh, Vunavalu's gone. That's the only one I can think of offhand. And and you watch, they'll they'll uh, they'll sign Ricky Latelli now, and uh, Isaac Lumi Lumi will turn into an Australian representative, and they'll get Ricky Latelli and 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 you know <laughs> turn him into what he was at the beginning of his time at Cronulla. And I don't know. It's just it's fucking magnificent what Melbourne do. So I'm kind of hoping that he does leave, so they do come back a peg. It'd be nice, but there's um there's talk of Rima Smith going down there too, which would is just freaky scary if that guy gets under Bellamy. Yeah, I, I read something today about Trent Barrett saying that it was difficult to uh, attract Josh Addo Carr, and 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 don't get me wrong, I I, I love Josh Addo Carr. I think he's he's unbelievable, and if he hadn't had those attitude problems at, at Cronulla at all, his issues and stuff, I would have. You know, I would have hoped that he could have had the same career with us, but 
he wants to come back to Sydney in a time when no one's got when no Sydney club has any money. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty twenty two is the time when Manly have money. Is the time when Parramatta have more money. Is the time when Penrith are going to free up a little bit more cash. Is the time that Souths are going to have a little bit more cash. You know, we're going to be one of the biggest player, uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, players in the player market. And I think at the moment he's looking at it and thinking that his his two options are. The Bulldogs, um, who aren't a very attractive option at the moment, and the Tigers, who who aren't going to make the eight. And I mean, this guy's a winner. This guy's a rep player. Ever since he's been in Melbourne, he's he's won premierships. He's played prelims. He's not going to do that at the Dogs and the Tigers. I think he's I think he's biding his time to to even see if someone like the Roosters can make a play at him. Well, that's it. And I think. Now that he's opened up the door, I think he will play in Melbourne next year. Because as you said, 2022, a whole heap of people. Like, I've never seen such a humongous group come off contract at big clubs. So there's, there's going to be some movement there. Before we get on to Origin, Jack DeBellin. Guilty oh, or not guilty, this guy can never play rugby league again. He can, he, he can never play rugby league again just for the things that have come out in the court case today. If the Dragons re-sign him or the Warriors touch him, fuck, it'll just make me sick. I, I'm fucking shocked that what's come to light. Best case scenario, cheated on his wife with a young girl, gave $50, told her to fuck off and shut up. Now, don't get me wrong, rugby league players aren't known for being angels, and I know that we've supported some players that have done some shit before. But in a time where money's scarce and the world's not real, you know, confident at the moment investing money, you can't tell me that people are going to look at the Dragons and then look at another team, and if the Bellin's running out and go, you know what, fuck that, I don't want anything to do with him. I, I think the Dragons have to go. Now, I'm disgusted that after what's come out, and again, I understand standing by your mates, and you know, I've done some things with my mates that's stupid in the past. He's done this, right? Like, not saying he's guilty or not guilty, whatever, but he's done what he's done. And the players have stood by him and even were going to stand down for a game in support when he got stood down. This club have fucking ruined themselves for two years for this one bloke. Now, if it's a Jonathan Thurston, you can go, oh, well, look on football field. This is a dumbass penalty merchant who played a couple of good games for New South Wales. Not the worst player in the game, but this is a guy that's torn the fabric of this club apart for two fucking years... And the players were too stupid to go, you know what? You go home because he'll, he would have sued him if they stood him down and said he couldn't train. Go train in Melbourne, in uh, Wollongong. Fuck off as far away from the club as possible. And the club should have just pretended. They should have given him the Chris Benoit treatment. Like the WWE, when he did what he did, he just he ceased to exist. There was no memory of him. That should have been Jack DeBellin. The this fucking club, like the people that have come out today, big Dragons fans are bagging this club and talking about tearing up memberships. Emotions are high, but holy fuck, I've never seen someone fuck up so badly. Yeah, look, I, I think the Dragons were in a situation as a club where they had to handle it by the rules that the NRL set to them. The NRL created the no, yeah, you know, so uh, created the stand down policy specifically for this case. Because the charges that he was on, if he was able to run out on a football field, you had to understand that the NRL were probably going to lose big money. So they rushed those rules in, went legal, sat through all these appeals, got it across the line, 
and didn't allow him to play. Now, I think the Dragons as a club realised that the no stand-down policy meant that they still had to pay him, he was still allowed to train, he was still allowed to do everything but not play. It divided the Dragons playing group and I think some people needed to step in and remove Jack from that situation and say, you know what, if you want to come down and lift some weights, come down and lift some weights. Um, if you want to you know, have access to our facilities, that's fine. Um, if you still want to talk to your mates at the club, we're not going to stop you. But I don't think they should have allowed him to train with the squad per se. I don't think they should have allowed him to be in the team photos. Um, and I think some people really at the Dragons, if they had their time again, would have stepped in and said, you know, have access to the facilities, have access to our mental health people, have access to our dietitians and whatever. You're still getting your paycheck. Please don't interfere with our season because a lot of the Dragons players came out and said, well, they were always wondering what was happening with Jack. Now, I didn't know anything about this. They were going to stand down until I saw you tweet about it and we had a couple of Dragons fans confirm that they actually were going to boycott and forfeit a game in support of Jack DeBellin. I think that's disgusting and should have been dealt with far, you know, far better than, than getting to the point where people had to beg them to play was what I was reading. But I don't see how he can play rugby league in Australia again. I don't see how he can play for the Dragons or any other club. I don't see how any other club could even look at him and go, that's the kind of person that we want to have at our club. And I would be very surprised. I mean, even if he's found not guilty somehow, um, if, a, if an English club would uh, take a punt on him, I think he needs to have a look at the fact that it's going to be three years that he's going to be paid $595,000 a year for those three years. And if he's found not guilty, he just needs to go and live under a rock and, yeah, just... Avoid coming to surface. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I wasn't there, so I can't comment. Guilt or innocence doesn't matter. This is a, a game that depends on sponsorship money, and I can't see anyone lining up to sponsor a club that has anything to do with a bloke that's been through this court case. And this is day one, don't forget. It's going to get worse. And who knows? Maybe someone will come out that clears him. But they've said what they've said today, and I just. I don't want him anywhere near the game. I just I have no time for people like this, and the dragons have just completely fucking they they're fucked up big time. As you said, they go back, they would do it different, and I think they separate themselves from this. If he's found guilty, it takes them out of it. But there's evidently a contract that says if you're not if you found not guilty, we'll honour this. I think they have to get the lawyers in there and say, well, things have changed. Fuck you. Good luck in France. Well, I mean, he's, he's off contract this year anyway, so guilty or not, I'd be surprised if the Dragons re-sign him and I'd be surprised if... I'd be disgusted if another club went for him. Pretty bad, you know? It's, it sucks to... We'll get, we'll get back to some footy. Mate, tomorrow night... I'll I, I tell, I tell you what, if, 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 before that, if he does go to another club and they do allow crowds back at games, there would need to be some serious fucking security at those games for him. Oh, they will. The, the NRL fans will do what they did with Lodge early on, except I think mm-hmm. this will be far worse. Oh, because, it'll be a hundred times worse. Because of, you know, the, the attention that it's got. Not saying that it's it's better or worse, etc., blah, 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 for the one or two lawyers that may or may not be listening to sue us because we say some dumb shit. But, fuck Jack DeBellin. Yeah, exactly. Mate, Origin tomorrow. You excited? 
Uh, I probably will be when I wake up. I'm not at the moment because um, I had a few beers and a bit of a bad day at work and uh, a bit of an average day on the pump. But yeah, fuck it. Let's get excited for Origin, dear. That that well, I mean, for, first and foremost, let's not talk about the squads. Let's talk about one team trying to get the upper hand on the other by releasing a song. Horrible. <laughs> Just fucking horrible. <laughs> now look, I know Brad Fittler. I used to used to live behind where I worked for a couple of years. Now he's a, I wouldn't say a strange fella. He's a, he's an eccentric fella. Lovely bloke, a huge fan of his as a person. But he's a little bit odd, you know. And uh, he's got a few little quirks. And you know the the whole earthing thing they did, where they took the shoes off and walked to the ground and and became one with the earth and the, the you know the etc. And the they became the ball and what what you know all that crap has worked because he's won two straight series. This isn't going to cost us a series. But it's going to cost us the off-field series because it is fucking embarrassing and cringeworthy. Oh yeah, no, look, the uh, the the off-field game is, you know, Queensland's already won that. It's three 0 It's a it's a yeah. sweep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in in terms of in terms of the Origin series, I think that I'm not as pumped up because it's not midweek and this is like foreign having games played, you know, meaningful games played after a grand final. Usually, when it comes to internationals. I'll have it on in the background because I don't really give a fuck about internationals. I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm patriotic to Australia or England. I couldn't give a fuck if they're playing, you know. Really, it's just a a glorified friendly uh, unless it's a World Cup and I don't care. Um, I I guess it's a bit weird having the origin situation now and having a look at the players that have pulled out of it. Um, You know, we were going into this origin series with Kevin Walters was going to be the coach, but he's just taken the Broncos job, so... Bennett's come in and, you know, had to change the culture and everything. Now, I love the Bennett move. I think, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be a 3-0 whitewash uh, if Kevy was still in charge. Uh, I think I think Bennett sort of, uh, you know, brings it back. He's the best coach in the game and he'll get those players right up. Um, I, think, I think New South Wales is going to win the series. Um, I don't think it'll be a whitewash. Queensland will jag a game, but, um, yeah. That, that's about as motivated as I am for, for Origin right now. It, it doesn't feel the same. It's definitely not got the same feel. Yeah. It's definitely, excitement's definitely been tempered by the the quality of the squads. Now, I'm not saying they're bad squads because you run either side out and you got some fucking decent footballers there, but that Queensland backline 1-5 to five is AJ Brimson and Gagai side, fringe reserve grade. It's probably been a little bit harsh, but... Branko Lee until this year couldn't make first grade. Craig Bellamy got him to a grand final, you know, if Premier's medal. Uh, Xavier Coates, is a, he's a good player. He, you know, he, he towered up Josh Morris down Cronulla, if memory serves me correctly, which is very frustrating. And um, who's the other bloke on the wing? Can't even remember who the other bloke is. Oh, Sammy. For, for, see, who's Sammy? He played 35 games for the Titans, you know, and he's had one or two highlight reel games, but his best position's at fullback. Now, you put them against... Absolutely. No, it's not. His best position's on the wing. No, no. Mate, for the purpose of this, I'm bagging Queensland. Facts don't matter. Now, against those bums, you've got Josh Adokar, who's the undisputed best wing in the game. You've got Daniel who Tupu. You've got Daniel Stanley Tupu, Stanley. who is in the top five, undisputed. You've got the, player, the best player in the game right now, officially, so don't try and come at me with bullshit. No, with uh, Jack Whiten. And you got King Gutho, who was better than Tedesco, Turbo, Pappenhausen, and won the Daly M fullback of the year. Then at 
the fullback, you got the best player in the world in Tedesco. 3-0 on paper. This should be 50 fucking 12. But it won't be because Queensland don't do that. They come in as underdogs. They galvanise. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Queensland win tomorrow night. I, I just remind you that Queensland have won an Origin Series with Stephen Bell and Adam Mogg in the team. That's it. It's not... It's it's level playing field as far as I'm concerned. But, but I think we, what you're starting to see in Origin now, though, and you have, you have you're right. New South Wales have got the the shift in the players, but if if you go back from this magical run that Queensland went on of winning nine out of ten series or or whatever it was, something ridiculous. It's the fact that Queensland have always had a pretty rubbish squad. They just had the five best players in the world playing for them. Yeah, that's it. They don't. They had Billy Slater. Greg Inglis, uh, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, and, and Cameron Smith, and they threw some guys in there um, along the way. You know, Daly Cherry Evans played some games. Ben Hunt played some games. Uh, Justin Hodges was around, who's who's no slouch. Um, Dan Gagai was in there. Darius Boyd, you know, he's the sec- scored the second most tries in Origin history. Um, yeah, it's you, you're now you're now seeing what was always there, but without the five greatest players of, of you know, at least the last decade playing for Queensland. I think I, I, did a, I did a combined side earlier for my own, um, so I'm going to, at the end of the series, for zero tackle. Papali and Kafusi are the only two that definitely make the squad. Now, I have Munster above Kiri because I think mm-hmm. Munster's a better player overall and he's got the experience. But, so we'll, we'll give him, we'll give him Munster. Three players make that New South Wales 17. Now, there's thinking that you could bring, say, one of the starting players onto the bench, but not one of the Queensland bench make the New South Wales bench. There is so much. The golfing talent is ridiculous, but that's I, I never think, mattered I, I, at this level. I, I think Tino Farmer or Sali, whatever his name is, would make the New South Wales side if he was available. Who do you drop? I don't know. One of you fucking plebs. Eyes a year. He's shit. Yeah, but he's not in the seventeen. Oh, it does that doesn't surprise me, does it? No, well, mate, we can't. We want to make it a contest. Is the, is well, who, who, who's your lock? Or who, you know, who's Jake Chavrovich? Isn't he prop? No, no, he's playing lock. The props are Paulo and Safidi. So you don't drop. You don't drop Gerbo. Oh, I'm dropping Safidi for Tino. Absolutely. No, but he can't play prop. So you got your chances are. I mean, Jay Boone's a prop. You fucking knobhead. No, no, Terry, you're gonna drop. You're gonna drop Cordner. You're gonna drop Frizzell. You're gonna drop Cam Murray. Or you're gonna drop um, Angus Crichton. Oh, I'd drop Angus Crichton for Tino. You would, making yeah. you the only person in the world who would do that. No, not really. I mean, Crichton hasn't been good since he's been at the Roosters. He had a purple patch this year, but I'd take Tino absolutely over him. Nah, I wouldn't, mate. That's that's rubbish. That's why you're going to lose 3-0. I'd, I'd, I'd take Tino over Saifidi fucking eight days out of seven. Oh, well, let's see. Let's see who makes more metres this, this coming game. Oh, geez, a guy who's going to start and play 50 over a bench player. You're a wanker. Your bloke's starting in 13. Have you done any prep whatsoever? No, it's Origin. I told you. I don't even fuck about it. <laughs> now, I've I've had all these in the canon because I knew you wouldn't, and I had to do this for Zero Tackle. So I've taken the mickey a bit. But um, look, mate, in, in the fair income stakes, that New South Wales side is far better. But as I said, okay. that's never mattered at this level. So I'm a little bit, a little bit wary because if New South Wales come out with that stupid song in their head and get dusted in game one, it's gonna be tough to come back for game two because um, 
Wayne Bennett. If it's Kevy Walters, we overdo him. We can lose 50 nil tomorrow, and Kevy Walters is going to lose the series. But Wayne Bennett's not going to let one nil go. So, super important. No, I, I definitely think if Kevy Walters was coaching Queensland, that there, there, there wouldn't be a hope in a prayer. I think, I think the only hope that we've got at the moment is Wayne Bennett can somehow get this squad of players together and 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 do something. Um, is it? Just, just uh, humour me here. Is Valentine Holmes ruled out for the series, or is he only ruled out for game one? Just game one, he's suspended. Okay. Um, well, I mean, him coming back into the back line for game two, you know, gives us something else. I, I, the, the biggest surprise for me was the inclusion of Xavier Coates and the omission of Justin Olam. I think they've picked Xavier Coates on what he's going to be in five years, not what he is at the moment, because what he is at the moment is a really average footballer. Uh, who, who was in and out of a Broncos team that came dead last. Yep. So I think he can count his lucky stars that he's in the team. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, if, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for the Wayne factor, I'd be sitting there saying that New South Wales are going to win it 3-0. Well, I think uh, somewhere along the line, Queensland will jag a win. It'll be 2-1 to, to New South Wales. That's a fair call. I had Corey Allen in my side, my predicted 17 over Corey Oates, and I stand by that. I think he's a better player. You guys have two players in your team who I am absolutely shocked were picked, and one that wasn't picked, which I thought was a was a shoe in. Cohen Hess, you got to be kidding! Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised he got picked. I think they just need a big, just need a big body to, to counter what Queensland are going to throw at them. Though the other player that caught me off guard was Jake Friend. Now I thought they'd start Ben Hunt 100 percent and bring Harry Grant off the bench. Because you don't start the rookie, you start the the like the the veteran. Harry Grant hasn't made like he's made the squad, but he hasn't made the side. I think if they lose Origin one, he's there for Origin two. What do you make a friend? Uh, I'm glad that that friend got the nod. I actually thought and hoped it would be friend starting and Grant on the bench because I, I I hope to see the back of Ben Hunt. Um, I I. It's a bit of an odd one. I think that if, if you're going to have Hunt on the bench, it didn't really matter. Uh, you, could, you could have started Harry Grant. I think you showed this year he got targeted enough that he's good enough defensively and he's he's a great runner. But I think they're probably looking for a little bit of leadership in this in this Broncos team that really is a bit of changing of the guard at the moment. And I know this is Jake Friend's first Origin series, but he's just, you know, he's been around the NRL for a long time. He's been through everything. He's won premierships as a co-captain. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get why Wayne went with him over Harry for game one. The one that I couldn't believe was not picked was Mo Futawaka for the Titans. I thought he was an absolute moral to be picked on the bench. Yep. <laughs> I thought I thought you know going into this that if you want to combat if you want to combat the big bodies that that uh, New South Wales have have got now. Mo Futawaka would have definitely been the one for me. On the flip side, I can't believe Daniel Saifidi got picked over David Clemmer. Yeah, it's a fair call. Saifidi had a very good season, but there's a there's a gulf in in class. Absolutely, I. I mean, yeah, he, he, I mean, he was he was like the third best forward for Newcastle, the third best prop for Newcastle this year. The thing, the thing I think he's picked him for is last year he sort of picked him completely out of nowhere and he played really well in Origin 2 and it made Fit look really, really good. And I think maybe a little bit of that as a 
a bit, a bit of loyalty, perhaps. A bit of thank you for saving my bacon. Because he dropped Payne Haas last year. And Haas didn't play bad at all in Origin 1. I thought he was very hard done by. And he's come back this year, which I love. Now, as a New South Wales fan, if you guys are running out Mo Futawaka and Josh Papali, I'm backing them over Saifidi and Polo. And I'm a huge Polo fan. Yeah. And I think they've missed a trick there. Now, I can understand Christian Walsh because he was very good in the grand final. And he's a very good player and he's got heaps more experience, etc., etc. So I can get that. They've picked Lindsay Collins, who I don't dislike. But I think they've missed a trick picking Cohen Hess. They should have put Jaden Sewer in. Sewer can play 80 minutes. You drop Hess, you play Foot Awaker. That bench becomes lethal. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's the one that's really confusing for me as well. There was all the talk leading into the Origin series of just how good um, Jaden Sewer had been this year. And, I, you know, he's, he's, he's not a standout player, but when you see his numbers and, and just how much he had improved, I think he definitely he earned his, his Origin spot. Um, but yeah, Photo Waker is, is the one who should be scratching his head at that side going, I mean, I mean you know, Lindsay Collins is probably just going to be a classic Wayne player, um, you know, go out there and run through a brick wall with a hand grenade in your mouth for me. But yeah, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know how Cohen has got in this team. Now, I think he's going to play a, a bit of a trick tomorrow. I think Joe Arrow will come in and play a lock, and I think Tino will go back to the bench, which I think gives uh-huh. the bench a bit more because... Arrow is a stats man rather than an impact man, and I think I think that'll happen tomorrow. But I I am shocked that Footawake has not been picked. I'm very very glad for the Blues. I'm glad they went Kiri over Walker. That's what I would have done. I think they pick Walker on the bench as a luxury. If New South Wales are leading and it's close, I don't think he seems game sees game time. Yep. Um. I. I... Even, even still, if, if it's Cody Walker or Pappenhausen, like I know they said Pappenhausen was going to be the bench utility, but where would Pappenhausen play? Has anyone seen him play dummy half before? He hasn't. He's... That's it. Now, there's yes. enough There's enough big big minute players for New South Wales there because Corden and Frizzell can both play 80. Tavoyevich can play 80. He can go into prop, which opens up a second spot out wide. Ken Murray can play 80, and so can Angus Crichton. So they've got big minute players Paul will play 60. Safidi's the only one I'm worried about. But I think he'll come off and Payne Haas can play 80. So unless they're down and or Kiri's not working or maybe Cleary's confidence is down, that's the only way I see Walker getting on the field. Because I'm not taking Damien Cook off unless he's injured. Yeah, it's. I mean, the luxury with Cody Walker is... He's a, he's a good enough to defender. He's a good enough defender to if they have to go and say we'll go and play the Mike Morgan role, he can do it. But you're right. Um, just seems like a bit of a wasted spot, and it's some reason why I hate having Ben Hunt on the bench as well. But you know, I guess I guess that's just rep football, isn't it? It is. Like I I wrote through all the things for zero tackle, like why they bring him on. Now, if there's an injury to the halves, obviously he can come in. But there's a pretty handy half playing centre. And Angus Crichton played centre, plenty of centre this year. So you move Whiten in, you move Crichton out. I just, I, I Tyson Frizzell, Tyson Frizzell can also play centre as well. It's, it just feels like a luxury pick, and I mean maybe maybe it'll you know he play, he was shit in game one last year, so perhaps this is the redemption. New South Wales up by twenty, put him on, he scores a try, boom, you got a superstar for the future. But I, I think you got to pick to win, and I think they should have picked a fourth forward. 
Well, I mean, we're going to see who's uh, who's right and who's wrong tomorrow night, but uh, who do you think is going to win it tomorrow? i go New South Wales by 12. Yeah, I, I, season over. It's in Adelaide, isn't it? Adelaide, yep. That's sort of, uh, I mean, bit of a level playing field, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go New South Wales, you know, probably 13 plus. Sure, should be a good game, hopefully. I've got a... Um... Got some drink that someone bought me the other day at work, which is very nice. So, gonna gonna have a have a beverage or two and enjoy some football. But, um, mate, state of origin versus the Sharks. I take a Sharks win against the Bulldogs over New South Wales winning the series. It just it matters, but it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I had a lot of fun during Queensland's uh, Magic Run. But I didn't get into it a lot. I think the only person who I really gave stick to was Paul because uh, he seemed to go to all the games where New South Wales just got dusted. He, uh, he, he, he spent a shitload of money flying up to watch Queensland win 52-6, to six, uh, which was just the highlight of my life. And he got really narky at me on Facebook the next day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. Um, I'll cheer for Queensland. But, yeah, I'm not going in with any expectation. I don't really care either. No, mate, I miss the Sharks. That's that's what I found in the last few weeks. I miss the Sharks. I, I mean, I don't miss the 2020 Sharks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Depends which week you get them, I suppose. Yeah, I think I, I, I miss hanging out with you, Jimmy and Richie, during the uh, during the season, but not watching those. I miss Toby Rudolph. Me too. I miss Toby a lot. Yeah, let's get him back on here soon. Let's get him on, mate. Oh, um, look, there's plenty we could talk about, but, you know, 45 minutes is a pretty good shift on a Tuesday night after a couple of beers. So, anything you want to add? Uh, no. no. That's it. That's me. I'm going to bed. See you soon. I'll, I'll meet you there. Yeah, no, no, buddy. See you, mate.